0: What is up, ambitious listeners? Welcome to today's episode, and we are back on a new day. Tuesdays will be the new posting date for all ambitious episodes going forward. As we march towards episode 100, a lot of good content coming at you, and that starts with today's episode. Monster of a man, offensive lineman Joshua Hughes joins the show, and I preview the quarterback carousel and where some of the biggest names will land, like Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and so many others. Where will they end up landing? Um, Stay tuned for my predictions. So that will all be, after a quick word from our presenting sponsor, you know them, you love them, Anchor. Here we go. The quarterback carousel is a spin-in, and here are my predictions for where some of the biggest names will land and where some of the teams will go to answer their quarterback problems. I'm going to start with the guy who's on everybody's brain right now, Carson Wentz. Will he leave the Philadelphia Eagles? Ultimately, I think yes. I think that right now, there's not necessarily as big of a market as is being hyped up. I think that Um, Michael Lombardi alluded to it today that maybe there's this illusion of a big market for Carson Wentz because they know that by the third day of the league year, they have a lot of money tied to him in the form of a roster bonus. So I think that if they can get rid of him, they are going to do it. Um, Obviously, it's going to cost them in terms of they're not going to really be able to get that much back because he has a monster contract, and I think that he's still a resurrection project. They're going to need a team to overpay. And I think with the Chicago Bears, you have a team that will do that. Ryan Pace has proven that he will overpay for certain things in the past, and I don't think that stops now. I think without Mitch Trubisky coming back, I think that they end up going a different direction, and I think that direction is Carson Wentz. So I think they'll tie some kind of pick package together for him where it makes sense. Maybe they even get Zach Ertz in the deal because we know how Ryan Pace loves his tight ends. Maybe they get Zach Ertz or uh, Jason Kelsey somehow. But I think that ultimately this is the route they go. And I think they get Carson Wentz because I think that I don't see the Colts overpaying for Carson Wentz because I think they know that there's some other options out there that could be just in that kind of same realm. And I think in the – Opposite side, I think that you'll see the Bears overpay for him because he still has potential in Matt Nagy's eyes. And I think that if he would fit Matt Nagy's offense well, whether or not he had success remain, will have success remains to be seen. And I could also see maybe Nick Foles being sent back to Philadelphia to back up. Jalen Hurts is almost a uh, homecoming for him because we know how much Philly fans loved him. Next person, he solves the Colts' answers, and he kind of answers a lot of questions for the New York Jets. It's Sam Darnold being sent to the Indianapolis Colts. I think that ultimately Sam Darnold at this point could end up commanding a relatively similar package to Carson Wentz because I think that with Carson Wentz, you're going to see a lot of add-ons to be able to compensate for his value because of that big deal. But with Sam Darnold, obviously he hasn't proven as much of being a high-level player as Carson Wentz has shown flashes of, but Sam Darnold is still a suitable quarterback. He's only in his early 20s. I still think that he has a lot of time. Hell, he's younger than Joe Burrow. I think that there's a lot that could be tapped into there, and if anybody's going to do it, I think it's Frank Reich. I think that He'll go hard to go after his guy in Carson Wentz, a guy he had a lot of success with, but I think he also knows that Carson Wentz, um, is going to command a big package, as I said. And I think that with Sam Darnold, you command a little bit less of a package and not as much financial ties. And I think that instead of getting another veteran stopgap, they go with Sam Darnold on a, hopefully a opportunity that he, uh, succeeds and ends up being their long-term quarterback and I think maybe they could be in the market for a backup to compete with him maybe a maybe they do tie a lot of money to say a Mitch Trubisky and give him a shot to compete with Darnold and whoever gets the job gets the job but I think ultimately they'll take the swing at Darnold if they miss out on Wentz. Next person is Dak Prescott. I think that he returns to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't see any way Jerry Jones lets him not be the starting quarterback next season. I don't think that all of these illusions that Jerry Jones or the Jones family doesn't value him um, I think that, that is just false. I think if anything, it's just a bargaining tactic because they know that Dak Prescott is going to command a lot of money. I mean, despite even being injured last year, he is the face of the Cowboys franchise at this point. And he's somebody who is larger than life in the Dallas area. And I think he's somebody who is a good leader of their team. And I think that ultimately they will pay him as such. Jerry Jones wants him to be the quarterback. He wants to be the quarterback. And I think that maybe they do have to do a franchise tag into a long-term extension kind of thing. But I think a deal finally gets done this offseason to make Dak the long-term quarterback. So another guy I think staying the same spot, I don't buy the rumors, it's Russell Wilson. There's no way Russell Wilson gets traded. I'm going to say that flat out. If he does, it would be one of the biggest moves in NFL history because I don't see how Russell gets traded. I think he is still at the top of his game, and I think the issue is that he needs just a better offensive line, and I think that he's voicing his... Issues for the first time in his real career in Seattle, and I think that he is going to start voicing those issues a little more prevalently, kind of like Aaron Rodgers does where everybody freaks out. Russell Wilson's a guy who's always been a pillar of the NFL community, and I don't see that his recent outcries to be reportedly traded as anything other than maybe just – fabricated headlines because Sean Watson's not moving very quickly and neither is Carson Wentz and you need something for the off season, but Russell Wilson's not going anywhere. He is a Seattle Seahawk for as long as Pete Carroll is there as well. And I think that they will just try to maybe make an effort to protect him more this off season. I think they're letting Chris Carson walk as well. So maybe they're trying to free up cap so that they can get a uh, premier offensive lineman, like maybe say a Joe Tooney or some, or Tooney or something like that and uh, really try to give Wilson some protection for the first time in his career. Um, Speaking of another Wilson, I just alluded to um, Sam Darnold being traded from the Jets, so I think that in order to find their franchise quarterback, the Jets go with Zach Wilson with the number two pick in the draft. Um, There were some reports out by Rich Domeni this weekend that he wasn't a captain, but to dispel any of that, I think that there's a very, very tumultuous process that BYU does with how they name their captains. They have to do specific things um, to fill the religious requirements and a lot of other aspects. But he's somebody who was a leader of his team and somebody who is an underclassman as well compared to the other ones. I mean, he's a junior. So there's reasons. Plus, he was a leadership council member. Obviously, his teammates respect him. Um, They've been outspoken about how much of a leader he is. And there's been a lot of already kind of Josh Rosen-esque reports coming out that oh he's a rich kid, all this stuff. And immediately his teammates have backed him up. And I think that this is something that is just, you know, you see a quarterback who has the kind of money style growing up where Josh Rosen came from. And obviously Josh Rosen didn't necessarily pan out very well, but I think that you're going to see these headlines with Wilson. I think Wilson's a very talented quarterback, and I'm going to be ecstatic if he ends up in the green and white, as I've mentioned a lot on the Fireside Jets podcast, but I think that you're seeing these reports come out because he's an easy target. Um, Obviously, Trevor Lawrence has been the media's darling, and Justin Fields is someone they feel is the number two, and with Zach Wilson, he's a BYU product who's not really as known as known as prominently and I think that it's kind of similar to last year where Tua was the Justin Fields where he was the talented college quarterback everybody knew of and the number one was always Joe Burrow and then I think in this case he's kind of like Herbert where Herbert was kind of overlooked I think that's kind of where Wilson is I just think the Jets will pull the trigger on him at two because he would fit the Shanahan offense that LaFleur is going to run better than any of the other guys that will be available and also because I think he's the younger and on a rookie deal version of Sam Darnold in the sense where I think you could compare their talents and say that they'll likely be the same when they enter the league. I just think that you'll take the opportunity to get a younger and rookie deal quarterback and start over with Zach Wilson. So I think Wilson ends up being the guy for the New York Jets. Um and also while we're talking about Justin Fields, I'll answer the question there because we all know Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jaguars. I won't even give any time to it. I think Fields goes to the Falcons, but I'm not sold on this pick. Um mainly because I think Justin Fields is a very good quarterback under the right coach. I think Arthur Smith could be that coach, but I think that he needs to go somewhere where he can learn and I think Matt Ryan would be a good guy to learn from. And I think that It makes sense. I just don't know if they're ready to draft a quarterback yet. I mean, this is kind of a situation where, yes, I think Matt Ryan running that play-action offense would be kind of stiff, um, but it's not kind of the situation where he'd be immediately unseated by Justin Fields. I think you'll see him kind of be in almost more of an Alex Smith situation with Patrick Mahomes where they would draft Fields to learn and sit behind Matt Ryan and not necessarily rush him and hopefully that would be the route they go down because I think it'd be great for all parties because then you'd have somebody to succeed Matt Ryan and you'd be able to give Fields time to develop because Fields definitely needs to learn um, for a year because I think that there's some progressions that he's still not really going through with yet and also he's not necessarily as ready to read NFL defenses as as I think um, Wilson and Lawrence are and maybe even Mac Jones so I think this would be a good fit for Justin Fields. And the next person, um, my last um, top, top pick in the draft, I think it's going to be Trey Lance to the Texans. Um, I think this will be the top 10 quarterbacks ending here. Um, I do have another quarterback that's in the draft included in these, but I think Trey Lance goes to the Texans. Something about the way he plays um, would really fit the Houston style, I think, and I think him and David Culley would work really well Um I think he's a small school kid, somebody that maybe Jack Easterby in that wild front office would like. And I think that if they can pull the trigger on him, they will. And this is in accordance with Deshaun Watson being traded to the Carolina Panthers. So I think that... Deshaun Watson returns back to Carolina where he went to college at Clemson, and I think he becomes the quarterback there. They like him a lot. I think it would be a great fit. And then in exchange, I think the eighth pick goes to the Texans, and they end up getting Trey Lance, among other packages of uh, picks they'll get. But I think they get Lance to succeed Watson, and I think it's a win-win for both parties. Um, So, yeah, there's really not a lot on that. I think Deshaun Watson would do incredible with the Panthers, and I think that they've been actively pursuing quarterback, so I wouldn't be surprised if he lands there. Uh, Another former Panthers quarterback while we're on the topic of uh, the Panthers, Cam Newton. I think he ends up signing with the football team and competing with Taylor Heineke for the starting job. Um, I don't know if he'll win the job. I think that, if anything, I would put the odds of him signing with a team to the same as him retiring because I don't know if he's really into it as much as he says he is at this point because his arm didn't look great this year. Um, obviously, he has the work and the motivation to want to be there, but I just think that he's not the kind of guy that's going to want to try to resurrect his career. I think if he thinks it's time to go, it's time to go, and I think he would have a lucrative career in the public spotlight afterwards doing analyst work or even just doing um, some influencer stuff. So I think that Cam Newton would be successful, but I think that the football team is a good opportunity for him to compete, plus he gets to go to his old coach, Ron Rivera, so I think that would be a good fit for him. So I touched on a lot of those guys now to get to some of the um, veteran quarterback situations. Um, The Patriots still looking for their successor to Tom Brady. I think they go with Mac Jones. I think they'll pick him at 15. I think that Mac Jones would fit the Belichick style. He's coming from Saban to Belichick. He would continue dealing with these um very strict regiment coaches. I think that he would handle the offense very well. He's reportedly very smart. I think he would just be a very good fit for the Patriots and he'd fit the winning mold that they want in a quarterback. And I think maybe they'll try to resign, or try to bring back Jacoby Brissett in the offseason. And maybe he starts immediately and then Jones learns from him or they compete. But I think that Mac Jones ends up in New England at, by the end of the uh off season. And another successor, I think that Drew Brees retires Um, ends up with NBC as he's supposed to and I think Jameis Winston returns to be his successor I think that Winston um, would work really well with Sean Payton I think that Sean Payton would be able to bring out the best in him and get rid of those turnover problems and I think that ultimately you know you saw Taysom Hill get the majority of the starting reps once he um, once Trevor or blah blah when Drew Brees got hurt and I think that I think there'd be some rumors that Taysom would ultimately end up being the guy. But in all honesty, I think that Jameis Winston gets the opportunity or at least earns the opportunity because he's a talented quarterback. And I think that if they can solve the turnover problem, he could be a really, really good quarterback in this league still. So I think that he ends up with the Saints once again and gets the opportunity to start this season. And then my last one, I think Marcus Mariota goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kind of a weird one here. I think that... Ben Roethlisberger does come back, but I think that they go with Mariota as a capable backup because he's somebody who's competent, he's young, he's mobile, and I think that there's high upside there where he could still be a very good quarterback, so he would be able to learn behind um, Ben Roethlisberger for a year and also be waiting in the wings if something happens to Roethlisberger. So I think that would ultimately be the way that uh, they would handle that situation with uh, successors. So there it is. Um That is my quarterback carousel prediction. In all honesty, I don't even know how many of them will actually hit, but this is the fits that I feel would work best. So to recap, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick goes back to Miami, Jameis Winston to the Saints, Breeze to the booth um, for NBC, Uh, Zach Wilson to the Jets, Justin Fields to the Falcons, Marcus Mariota to the Steelers, Cam Newton to the football team, Watson to the Panthers, Lance to the Texans. I think Dak and Russell stay in Dallas and Seattle, respectively. I think Mac Jones and Jacoby Brissett go to the Patriots, Sam Donald to the Colts and Carson Wentz to the Chicago Bears a lot to take in there but ultimately I think that is how the cookies will crumble in my opinion it would be the best way for all of them but it's the NFL it's going to be a wild offseason with the cap implications with COVID and whatnot I think not even half of this will be right because it's going to be a chaotic offseason one for the record books but one that's going to be very very entertaining so stick with us for all of that um and now joshua hughes joins the show what is up welcome to ambitious my name is dylan price today's guest is an absolute beast of a football player he's an offensive lineman formerly from wesley college and now with the selena liberty of the indoor football league an absolute beast of a man ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show joshua hughes joshua how are you doing my man
1: well, Dylan, thank you for giving me this opportunity to be on your podcast. I'm excited about it.
0: Of course, it is a pleasure to have you. So getting into your start with football, when did you start playing?
1: Um, well, actually, it's kind of funny. I started playing because I had a whole bunch of friends that played, and I was actually really nervous when I started. Uh, you know, I was young. I, I think it was flag football, and I think I was maybe eight or so. And uh, so my mom just one day took a helmet from the coach,
0: threw it at me, and said, go out and have fun and, and that's basically where it all started. <laughs> now when when did you realize that you had that innate ability that you were a good football player and had a future with the sport.
1: Um that would be high school for sure. It was probably my junior year. Um you know, my freshman year was the the first time I'd ever picked up a weight ever, and I was just pretty naturally stronger than everybody else. I was obviously a little bit bigger, but I wasn't, you know, super large at that point yet. And um, as I grew and as I I studied the game, I I realized that I I think I got what it takes to go to the next level. And um, honestly, it was a lot of other people's doubt that said, no, I don't think you'll make it. And I just kept on grinding and and working out and and spent a lot of time in the lab just working on my craft. And then that's when I realized this is what I wanted to do.
0: Now, you're coming out of Ewing, New Jersey. Is that a big football area? Uh,
1: New Jersey itself is a big football area, but yes. I mean, there would be uh, games. I won't remember one in particular. It was against a uh, neighboring town, Hopewell Valley, and I think there was like 3,000 to 3,500 people. Wow. Um, so, I mean, it was, a, it, was, it was very popular in the area, yes.
0: So coming out of college, would you say you were or sorry, coming out of high school, going to college, would you say you were heavily recruited and sought after compared to some other students?
1: did a lot of, um, uh, managing myself, you know, sending out my film, contacting coaches. And once I began to do that, I think it opened myself up to a whole bunch of opportunities that other kids weren't just because I was, you know, basically being my own manager. Um, but with that said, I did, I went to a lot of like college recruiting stations where they would have at high schools, they would have, you know, D3, D2 schools. And I would basically, I made a card for myself. had my name, my weight, my maxes, my times. And I would just hand that out and talk to coaches all the time. I would be there for like three hours, the whole three hours that it was open. And um, with that, I I got a lot of phone calls. And and that's when I decided where I wanted to go. And that's how I decided where I wanted to go.
0: Now, what led you to Wesley? What was the ultimate draw that got you there?
1: Um, I would say Coach Dress and um, our offensive lineman coach, Um, He was probably the best offensive lineman coach that I've ever had, Coach Braxton. He's now at Bell State. And he was so detailed, and he would just – he would be on top of you. If you weren't at a lifting, he would get on top of you. If you weren't studying film, he would get on top of you. And uh, same thing with the head coach. He would know every single one of his players. And that's kind of hard. Even at D3, you know, there can be up to – 125 guys on the team at the time and he took the time to know every single one of the guys on his team and if you ever needed him uh he was there for you
0: now looking at your experience at wesley and kind of reflecting on it what would you say is the biggest lesson you learned on or off the field in your four years there
1: sure um i would say that it had to be to be persistent with everything that you do um because there was Uh, classes that I had trouble with and there were um, things that I had trouble with on the field and what I learned was that if you're persistent and you plan on doing it right the entire time and you're going about the right path the entire time as long as you're persistent and you keep going and you keep um, doing the right thing, that'll lead you to success
0: Now looking back at your experience at Wesley is there anything you would have done different? No not at all. I loved every single minute at Wesley.
1: It was a great football program. It was a great school. I learned a bunch. Um, ultimately, getting my degree, and I feel that that was the right fit for me. I, I was looking for a smaller school, smaller class sizes, but with great football, and and that's exactly what I got from Wesley.
0: That's awesome. Now, what did you end up ultimately uh, getting that degree in? Uh, my degree is in environmental policy, and I got a triple minor in economics, informatics, and law. Wow. So you're a uh, very, very smart dude. <laughs> uh, I
1: don't like to think so, but that's what people tell me.
0: <laughs> now, looking at your future, I mean, evidently, there's a lot of routes you could go. I mean, triple minor, a good degree as a major. What What made you feel football is the future for me I, and that you couldn't stop playing and couldn't give up the game. What drew you to wanting to play professional football, I guess, Josh? Purely the love for the game. You know, I, I've got so much love for this game right now.
1: Um, you know, today's January 19th, 2021. I have not had pads on in about nine months and it's absolutely killing me. Um, you know, I get to practice one-on-ones without pads on. I get to lift and everything. But there's just no such thing as having the amount of adrenaline that you do on the football field ever. You know, I do a whole bunch of other adrenaline things. I go hiking, mountain biking, um, I hunt and everything like that. And and there's no adrenaline rush for nearly as long as there is on a football field. And uh, I, I love it.
0: Now looking at the indoor football league where you ultimately ended up landing and specifically with the Selena Liberty, what ultimately led that to all come together and ended up with you in uh Selena? Um well basically COVID, I was looking at
1: signing with um a CFL team, but that dropped through because CFL didn't have a season this year. So, um you know, we were looking for other opportunities for me. I didn't want to stop looking. I wanted to play football ultimately. Um, because I enjoy the game and we found Selena they actually they contacted us, they found me um, and through multiple conversations with the um, assistant head coach and the head coach, I realized that that team would be a good fit for me, the head coach is the offensive lineman coach and uh, he seems like a stout, standout guy um, and he's got a good record, he sent, I think he said 13 people to the NFL in the last you know 15 years or so and Um, The assistant head coach is full of energy and and also seems like a standout guy, Coach Martinez. Um, And I'm just really excited to play football. So that was the opportunity that I had, and I took it.
0: So you're a Jersey boy, and now you're heading to uh, Kansas. What do you think that transition is going to be like?
1: Uh, It's definitely going to be different. This is the first time I'll be going super far away from home um, for an extended period of time. So uh, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm nervous. Maybe anxious is probably a better word. Uh, I'm anxious to get out there and I'm anxious to start working out with the team and I'm anxious to start playing football again. Um, But I think it's going to be a cool experience uh, and a risk and one that I'm certainly willing to take.
0: Now, in 2016, you won the Dan Bernowski Lineman of the Year Award, and you were also nominated for Jersey Lineman of the Year. When you won those awards and, and received the nomination for Jersey Lineman of the Year, what did that mean to you? I mean, there's a lot of talented offensive linemen throughout the state of Jersey. I mean, you said it's a football state, but even in general, I mean, every state has their talented athletes. What did that mean to you to be in consideration to be one of the best? Um, it was pretty uh, exhilarating.
1: It was kind of like a dream come true because, like I had said, there were people that were doubting me every single day, saying that I wouldn't make it, that I couldn't play college football. Um, but what got me to that point was my persistence and really just the love of the game. And when I got those two awards, I was super excited. Um, the Lineman of the Year Award, I mean, that I was stoked for that. I wound up um, getting top three. Um, for that, and it was just very cool and, and honestly, it just felt like I was on top of the world and I wanted to to continue that so it's been a lot of hard work
0: and dedication to the game um, to try to stay on that path and, and hopefully that's where I'm heading well, hard work is definitely a good attribute to have now looking at your strengths um hard work could be considered in that um anything that you feel is your overarching strength of both your game and I guess your personality?
1: Uh, I would have to say two things, and that is uh, my my personality being that I'm a great teammate, I believe. You know, there's a lot of people that have told me I am, and I think what gives me that is my ability to bond with people pretty quickly um, and to be able to have conversations about things that are uncomfortable to other people, you know, calling out people on their mistakes or making people realize what makes something right or wrong um especially on the field i have had great friends from high school that i still talk with i have great friends from college that will be lifelong friends as well and um the second thing i would have to say is my knowledge of the game i've studied hours and hours and hours of film and i'm continuing to learn every day and i'm willing to learn every day and i i think that willingness uh, is really what puts me over the edge, the willingness to, willingness to admit that I'm wrong and the willingness to learn more um, because I feel like there's a lot of people now that think that they know everything and that, and that they're done learning, but I'm willing to you know, step beside myself and
0: learn from other people that are obviously more knowledgeable than I am now and all of that is absolutely great attributes to have and to have that you know sponge mentality of to soak in everything and learn it now with that same I guess kind of mentality and looking at your game and looking at your character um, there's ebbs and flows and everything so what would you say are some negatives or flaws of your game
1: um, I think that sometimes on the football field I can get too I'll say emotional, um, I really get in the zone and, you know, I just kind of can wave some things off at, at times that, uh, should be, I should pay more attention to. Um, I remember one time in particular, I kept on making, um, a mistake on the football field, but I was really into the game. It was high intensity. And, um, I kept on making the same mistake, went out back in film. And I was like, you know, if I had listened on the football field, um, I would have fixed that mistake and maybe could have gotten more yards out of it or it could have been a better play for us.
0: Now, in looking at your future and what you want from it, if you had to, I guess, give yourself a five-year goal, what would that goal be from a professional standpoint in, uh, in football? Um, um,
1: I, I would say that I would love to still be playing professional football um, given that I'm still healthy still able to um and at what level i would be willing to play football at any level at that point um you know what i said to myself when i started this journey is i want to take this opportunity because i don't want to be you know the guy later on in life that's like uh i had this opportunity to go play football but i never took it so i'm gonna take every opportunity that i can and, of course, um, I would love the end goal to be the NFL, but I'm taking it one step at a time. That's where my eyes are. That's where the prize is. And I'm going to strive for that goal, and hopefully I can get there within that five years.
0: Well, that is definitely a, uh, a great goal to have. Now, in in looking at your development as an individual, who would you say has had the biggest effect on that?
1: I would have to say generally my dad. Um, he's taught me a lot about everything, about being patient, about, um, you know, learning the game, about how to be dedicated to something, how to be passionate about something. Um, he is very much like me in all of those ways, and and I guess that makes sense because I learned a lot from him, um, just throughout life, you know, the problems that we've had, the, the mistakes that he's made that, you know, I've learned from, and, um... I think that's really what shaped me was with my dad. We spent a lot of time together. You know, he's a big football guy, and I played football, so he spent a lot of time talking to me about it. And,
0: uh, you know, that's pretty much how, how I got shaped as a person, I believe. Obviously, you know, there's multiple sources, but I think that was my biggest influence of how I became that is awesome. Now, you mentioned um, hunting. You mentioned some other stuff as ways of, you know, that adrenaline that you long for kind of consistent with uh, on the field. Now, off the field, though, what are some hobbies, aside from some of the stuff you listed off, that uh, that you spend a bulk of your time doing, aside from football? Um, I would have
1: to say I have a business, a firewood business, and that's where I spend a bulk or a lot of my um free time with and if it's not with that then it's with uh friends just hanging out um probably watching football or playing video games um but i would say that a lot of the free time that i have during the week go toward my business it's something that i'm passionate about and that i started nine ten years ago i'd say and um it's something that i would like to grow after my uh football career
0: that is definitely uh a very very good goal to have to uh to continue to expand your off the field endeavors now that kind of perfectly leads me into my next question if you have to look to your future off the field what what does that look like to you you just mentioned the business but is what what does a future outside of football look like to Joshua Hughes
1: sure outside of football to me would look like you know like I said that business that's something that I would like to grow eventually into a full-time endeavor however I think that would be years and years down the road like 10 to 15 years Um, but in the meantime I am also a park ranger so outside of football I love working there it's fun and um, that is probably what I would pick up full-time and do the firewood business on the on the part-time on the side. Um, you know, having my environmental policy degree, my end goal was to be like a wildlife state trooper or a park ranger, and I've just been lucky enough to have uh, the opportunity to be a
0: park ranger. That is awesome. Definitely a uh, important position. And now, um, one of my final questions for you here, Josh, is one I ask every guest who comes on. Now, when you look back at your life and when it's all said and done, what do you, Joshua Hughes, want your legacy to be? I want it to be that I was a passionate, loving, and
1: endearing person. Um, You know, I feel that I work hard towards that every day. I'm very passionate about all the things that I do, Um, football, my business, um, the park ranger job, uh, and I put my heart and soul into everything. And I also want people to understand that while I'm doing that, I'm also going to be kind to every individual that I come
0: in contact with. Um, I just would like to be looked at as a well-rounded
1: person. That's what I would want my legacy to be.
0: That is awesome. Now, my final question for you here is, if you could be any kind of boat, what kind of boat would you be and why? Oof, what kind of boat? <laughs> hmm, I would have to say that I would have to be a fishing boat. I think that is a uh, very good answer. Any particular reason on your end, though?
1: Um, my family and I have always been big fishermen. My grandfather had a boat. My dad's had boats. Uh, we've had a, a boat of any size, a fishing boat in particular, any size. Um, while you know we've been living, and it's something that I enjoy doing because it gets everybody together. Um, you know, even not even though, even though not everybody fishes. Uh, It's a great time being out on the boat, being out in the water. You can swim, go in tubes, and, uh, you know, I think it's just a great time and a great activity to bring everybody
0: together. That is awesome. Now, my last question, I I just threw this in here. Uh, We're down to four teams. It'll probably be two when this comes out. Um, Four teams left. Uh, Who's your Super Bowl pick, Josh? The Packers all the way. Packers all the way. You heard it here first. He's on the same wavelength as me, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, uh, you got two guys here projecting the Packers to win the Super Bowl, and one of them is a very, very smart individual, and, uh, and I'm here as well. But, um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Josh, uh, before we close out here, where can the people find you on social media? So
1: my Instagram is at Hughes underscore 76, and you can find me on Facebook, at joshua hughes and on twitter at biggie underscore
0: hughes um instagram is probably the best way to reach me you heard the man ladies and gentlemen go check him out he's going to be doing some big things very shortly and uh best of luck to you josh and thanks again for coming on
1: thank you dylan i hope your podcast begins to grow you're great with the questions and you dig into the past that's for sure
0: thank you very very much ladies and gentlemen that was joshua hughes Once again, I want to thank Joshua Hughes for taking the time to come in Ambitious. It was a lot of fun to sit down with him and get to know him and his story. And he's a really, really great all-around guy and can't wait to see what he does at the next level. And I once again want to uh, remind you, you can find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That being Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, and, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. On Instagram, we are at Ambitious Podcast and Twitter, at Ambitious with DP. Have a wonderful week, Ambitious listeners, and we will be back next Tuesday with another episode.